so the NCAA has resources and they have they have some programs, but it's I it's not being implemented fully. There's like research articles on this program that a lot of people like really like. They did interviews and it's like, yeah, this is really helpful. But then talking to athletes from like that college, like, oh, I never knew this this was here. <laughs> so like like what? We have the research and, and I think that's like something with the NCAA is like they know like the best practices, they they know what resources help, but the implementation I think is the tough part. What's up guys? Your host, founder, and creator of the Athlete Confidential, Gabby Ewing here, and you are listening to the Athlete Confidential Podcast. Tyler, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's good to be here. Of course. So Tyler and I actually went to college together. Yep. Tyler was a golfer. I was a soccer player. So like I knew of Tyler, but we never really mingled. We just had different friend groups, I feel like. Yeah. I know you I know you played soccer. I know you were from Hawaii. Yes. But I, I think I was like I think a couple years ahead of you or something. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think I, I knew of you. Yeah, same. No, we we didn't. But Tyler reached out to me like last month or something like that because he's working on a project, which we'll talk about later in the podcast. But it's kind of goes along with some of the stuff that we talk about at the Athlete Confidential. So we met up, got coffee, and we're as we're talking, we were like, oh, we should podcast together because obviously, like you have your own experiences as a collegiate golfer and life after sport, and now doing this project. So. I think you'll have a really cool perspective um, and story to tell today. So with that, be- well, did I cover everything? Yeah. You're still playing, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still playing here and there. And I guess that's the beauty of golf. You can play for a long time. Yes. <laughs> so. I know. Hopefully I'll get some tips and tricks today, you know, <laughs> starting my golf journey as well. <laughs> so when did you start playing golf? So I was interested in golf for since I was a kid, um, I remember my grandparents used to babysit me all the time. And then they used to always watch like golf channel because my grandpa played golf. And then um, that was when Tiger Woods was in his prime. Okay. So that's when I would see highlights of like highlights of Tiger. And it's like, oh, I want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people my age kind of had that same kind of drive. Yeah, I was I was playing here and there, but my I came from like a family of swimmers, so I kind of explored a lot of sport. I played I I was in swimming, I was in soccer, I played tennis, but I haven't really like was I wasn't like focused on golf until probably like middle high school, about when I got to play for my school, and that was that was really cool because I came from a pretty small school, so then I was like, oh yeah, I wanna kind of put the school on the map and so i played i played in high school and yeah i enjoyed that That so where where did you go to high school and do you feel like you put your school on the map uh so i went to this small school in central oahu um in hawaii um it's called hanalani a lot of people even in hawaii don't even know where yeah i'd never heard of it before (laughs) i think um our graduating class had 43 students oh so then um yeah so I think there's about 200 kids in our whole high school, but then the thing was we had a we had a pretty good golf team. Okay. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, so we were competing against little little more of the bigger schools like Iolani, Marino, even like Punahou, and all like the 
private schools. Yeah. For those of you that aren't from Hawaii and don't know, that's that's a big deal. And he's competing against them because those are, like you said, private schools. They have like some of the top athletes that go to those schools. So anyway, <laughs> carry on. Yeah. So I played throughout high school. Um, and I guess the thing about high school was that like I wish, I just wish like I played better. I didn't play up to my expectations. And um, I think a lot of that was I did put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think that's a common theme that I also had in college. So yeah, in high school and in college, I, I felt like I did have kind of like this cycle of where I put a lot of pressure on myself. I was anxious. I was always anxious like before tournaments. Then I would get kind of disappointed. Then it would lead to a little bit like like depression. And then lastly, it would be like regrets. <laughs> it's like, oh, like I wish I like, I wish I didn't put too much pressure on myself during this time mm-hmm. and um that's like that's what I, like kind of happened throughout high school so I was like I didn't especially my junior senior year I did not play as well as I wanted to and that kind of let me down when did you realize you wanted to play in college so it was part part of me was like I don't know if I wanted to play in college just because I had such a disappointing high school like time in high school but I also had that drive it's like I want to redeem myself I signed up and I got I, I walked onto college I got a scholarship and the thing about college golf is our team had I think we had about we had more than 10 players but each tournament can only bring five. Oh, wow <laughs> so we always have qualifiers before before each tournament and if you did well in the tournament before, then you're able to play in that in the next tournament. Mm-hmm. But so then sometimes I'll be playing for like two spots against like eight people. It just kind of made it to the same thing where I also put little pressure on myself. I like wanted to do good. I wanted to redeem myself. But then golf is just such an interesting sport where it's like, it's almost like the harder you try, it's like you did. like. I almost, it like throws you off. It's like a game of accuracy where like it's just a one degree or like millimeters can just mean so much. Mm-hmm. And if you're anxious or nervous in those situations, that's not good. So yeah, it's true when people say golf is like 80% mental because <laughs> I felt like I had, I felt I had the skills, but mentally I felt like I wasn't all the fully there. Yeah, I totally agree with that like as even just like a beginner golfer and someone who's not doing it seriously just for fun I have really found that same feeling of just like it challenges challenges you so much mentally because like for me I'm not consistent by any means my swing isn't great but like sometimes I'll hit a nice ball and I'll be like oh my gosh I'm so good at this and then the next one I like whiff it and I get so pissed I'm like what the heck like why can't I do this two times in a row so I I understand that part of it so like going into college and like kind of knowing that you ha- you had the tendency to put your put pressure on yourself and you would get anxious like did you try to work on that at all before getting into college or did you not even realize it till later I didn't realize it till later until after like my college career ended okay. I think one of the biggest like kind of tells I had was 
during my senior year, we had a tournament. We were quali- we were trying to qualify for a tournament in Hawaii, and that was like it was something that I really wanted to do because I knew a lot of friends from other colleges that was playing in that, and even my parents booked a flight there. <laughs> Almost assuming that I was going to make it. And I was like, oh, I, I, I just really wanted to go into this tournament. And then in the qualifier, I, that was like the most nervous I've ever been because I never wanted something more, mm-hmm. more badly. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, like the more pressure you put on yourself or the, especially in an accurate game like golf, it gets to you. And that was the low light of my college career, like knowing that I didn't make that tournament and knowing that I felt like I didn't like just let my parents down, I let like myself down, I let my teammates down. And um, I think that I struggled with that for a while. That totally makes sense, especially because golf, yes, you have a team, but it's such an individual sport. So it kind of feels like who else do I have to blame besides myself? Like when you play a team sport, like soccer, for example, I can maybe be like, oh, we lost, but it wasn't my fault. Like I played well, my team just didn't play well. But when it's golf, it's really like no one was out there except for me. Yeah. So that's really tough to, I think, work through mentally. And I can understand why you put a lot of pressure on yourself. Also, I'm curious, like, how did they determine who got to who was like going to be in the five? Yeah, so it just totally depended like on the qualifier. But even if you did score good, it was just the coach's decision. Okay. And a little bit about golf. So yeah, it's like it's like individual, but also a team. So with the five players that goes to the tournament, you take the best four scores, and the and those four scores kind of adds up to your team so the total score of those four is like it'll be like in the 300s i think and that's the school score so you can you have room for one person to like not do well and this is like a score you can throw away Mm -hmm. so it's like an individual but it combines into a team score yeah it was mostly up to like the coaches but the qualifier was a big like determining yeah factor of that so how did you like when your team went to Hawaii and you had to stay back, like how did you feel? What did you go through during that? Oh man. I just remember like I remember the night before, I remember calling my parents and then I must admit I, I cried a little bit <laughs> and I just I because for 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 me that was um like almost there was a couple of tournaments after, but that was like almost pretty much the end of my college career and just kind of like that cycle that I had. This was like the depression stage. And then I had that. I was like, like oh, if only I like, did better. Like, I wish I could have, like, I wish I could have done th- these things differently. But yeah, I just remember, like, I just felt like that was it. I, that was not the way I wanted to end. And it was just very disappointing. Why do you think that you put so much pressure on yourself? It was... A lot of my identity, it was what I, it's what I deemed that was important in my life. And like looking back, I wish I kind of like also put like academics and stuff a little, prioritized little academics and stuff a little more. Growing up with golf, it was, oh, it was what I wanted to do kind of thing. It was, it's, it was something that also like helped, helped me like get out of like 
college and help my physical health, mental health, social health, and everything. It was like an escape. Mm-hmm. But then I treated it more like a job mm-hmm. and too much like a job. I think that's what caused like a negative impact on my game. I like that you pointed out that golf was something that was meant to be an escape, but it turned into something almost like the opposite. Like it turned into something that became mandatory, right? Is kind of what it feels like. And I can totally empathize with that because I felt the same way throughout my career. Sports, being an athlete was my entire identity. It was where I put all of my self-worth was being an athlete and being a soccer player and being good at it. And if I wasn't and it wasn't successful, that was like just the worst thing that could ever happen to me. And and I realize now later in life, like it's not everything. And you you mentioned like disappointing your parents, disappointing your teammates. But at the end of the day, like if there are people that really care about you, they don't actually feel that way. You know, like it doesn't affect them as much as you think. I mean, maybe maybe some of them made you feel that way. And if they did, I'm sorry for that. But it's something that you should enjoy and it should be an escape and it should like yeah, add to your life rather than be something that causes anxiety and causes you to feel negatively towards it. And that's why and that's why I kind of found out like after college. So after college, I was still like I was still trying to like figure out what I wanted to do. So like in college, I knew I had interests, but I was still unsure about my career. Mm-hmm. And while I was thinking about that, I worked at a golf course part time. Mm-hmm. And then I remember being part of like, and I, I currently still work there, honestly. And I saw that there's this like club, this men's club that I want that a lot of people like to be in. And then I participated in it. I decided to sign up. And then during that time of like these past couple of years playing in that in that club, it was the best golf I played because I like I didn't have to put pressure on myself. I didn't have like a limited amount of tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like if something didn't go well, I always had next week. And it was more of like just going on having fun and yeah, it was just a lot more relaxed. And because of that, I felt like I, I played so much better. <laughs> Yeah. Which is unfortunate because it's after college. Right. So, oh, I only did this in, during college. But I think we can all think about things that we wish we would have done differently or things would have gone differently for ourselves. Do you feel like you had the resources to even support you through that or like help you work through that or help you even like understand what you were going through at that time? Uh, No, I, I don't think I had. I... The thing was, I had like a lot of support from my friends, um, my family, even faculty. But yeah, like a lot of the, like I wish some of the supports that I wish I had, like, was just kind of like with myself. Like I wish I was less shy. Mm-hmm. I wish I participated more in like, uh, just even just like educational stuff in in academics. Or I wish I. I wish I had a better relationship with my coaches. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this, a lot of the stuff that I wish I did differently was a lot with myself. But I also wish that I had like almost like support groups to talk like how I was feeling. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I, although I had support from other people, I didn't like truly mention how I was feeling during that time. Yeah, I think a lot of people can 
have support, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the support that you need, if that makes sense. Because same, I had a lot of like, let's take my parents, for example. My parents have been so supportive of me, so loving on me my entire life, especially with sport. But they, my parents never played college sports. Like they don't understand. They could never like empathize. They could sympathize with me, but they could never empathize or relate. And then on top of that, I was also not like always super vulnerable with them because I felt like they couldn't understand or I just felt like, oh, poor me. Like they don't want to hear this sob story. Like it to me, it was like being mentally tough to not share what I was going through. And not having that like safe space with someone who maybe wasn't my parents or my close friends. I think having some sort of like unbiased like third party, whether that was a counselor or therapist or something like that, or just even like a teammate or a coach that kind of made me feel like, oh, it's okay to talk about these things, talk about your feelings and like, well, we can like work through it. Yeah, I think for me, I was just kind of like closed, like closed off. I didn't share a lot of stuff and a lot of it was because I'm a pretty shy person. <laughs> that would have helped me so much just like releasing and just instead of like kind of folding things in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then negatively affecting my performance. Mm-hmm. Just letting people know how like I really felt. I think that would have really helped Yeah, a lot. I like that she mentioned like having a support group or something. I think that would be such a cool idea. And I don't know if colleges are doing this now, but starting some sort of support group with athletes something where they're yes you'll have someone kind of maybe like lead it or direct the group in some way but it just really being like a safe space kind of like i don't know like alcohol anonymous but not but not not aa but like you know something similar where you obviously know like we can relate to each other because we're all kind of going through similar things as athletes. And so you know that there's people there that understand you and then just being able to like connect in that way and having some sort of space for that to happen. Um, I think is a really good idea. Yeah. Something with like all, like also other sports teams too. Cause I feel like I did also didn't connect with other sports teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have been, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah. Well, someone if someone listens to this and you have any power in any university take this advice from us you mentioned a little bit about life after sport even you've kind of been easier in yourself more relaxed playing golf enjoying it uh besides that like what has life after sport been like for you like have you been able to reflect like do you miss it a lot of the stuff i didn't do in college i did after college so like i would kind of experience kind of like a self-exploration what are things that I enjoy doing and like what are like a lot of my interests and what do I want to do in my career (laughs) also and I had time to reflect on that so and I had a lot of time I decided to go into occupational therapy I'm actually in graduate school right now I'm on my last year yeah I just kind of took like all my interests and what I wanted to do, I wanted to be in the rehab field. I had like, I had interest in like adaptive sports, I had interest in mental health. I had, I had interest in like physical and recreational therapy and just combining all that and doing and just kind of like reflecting and deciding occupational therapy is what I wanted to do. Really helped the, the time after college really helped me with that. Mm-hmm. But it was time that I wish I kind of focused more on that 
in college too. Mm -hmm. So I didn't spend too much time out of college. But when you're an athlete, there's just not much time to think about other stuff. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. I, I, did you ever hope to play, like continue playing like professionally after college and all? Um, I had to, I came into a self-realization after like, like midway through college that I won't be, I won't be playing professionally. But the thing is, there's still a lot of like competition for amateurs. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I can still continue on mm -hmm. even to like, I'm 70 plus years old. <laughs> right. And that's, I get, yeah, that's the beauty of golf. It was a slow realization, but I realized I wasn't going to play professional. So when you made that realization, like, do you feel like you were just like holding on to your last couple of years and like put even put even more pressure on yourself? Cause you're like, this is really all I have left to play like competitively. Yeah. And I think that's why the Hoi tournament hit me so hard because I thought that was the end. You're right. Yeah. There is some people like that I, that I'm friends with that is playing professionally now. And I'm, I feel like I'm just kind of like living through them, seeing how they're doing. And, um, it's sad seeing them, but I'm uh, like I'm just so supportive of them, and I'm glad to see like all my friends living that dream too. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I think that's cool that you can at least support them, and that you've also started to find something that brings you fulfillment. Why occupational therapy? Kind of like what I mentioned, I I had a lot of interests in like physical occupational education therapy. I wanted to be in the rehab field and. Occupational therapy was the one that just kind of like encompassed everything and was something that was the thing that I was most interested in. And a little bit about occupational therapy. We're in a lot of settings. So like there's a lot of like, we do a lot of different things. We can work with like pediatrics, uh, mental health, and even work in hospitals and schools. But what we mainly do is um, we're a holistic practice that helps like individuals with their with their activities or occupations and stuff that they want to do or need to do and this can be like self-care this could be stuff like sports this could be their job this could be any meaningful activity that they want to do and a lot of people they they think they still think i'm like a physical therapist which we do work with a lot but they're they work with like strengthening and mobility but we apply we apply that to like what they want and need to do. Going through occupational therapy, you're finishing up school right now for your master's. Yeah, or doctorate. Doctorate. Yeah. Sorry. Very big difference there, everyone. <laughs> PhD. Okay. Uh, so for your doctorate, we kind of mentioned you're working, going to be working on a project. Well, you've started working on it already. How does this project that you're doing in occupational therapy kind of like, how did that all come together? Because your project is more focused on athletes. and So at the end of our program, we have like a final project that encompasses like, that encompasses everything we learned in that program. And I, were now, I remember in my first year when I was looking at ideas, there is this one project that, that came up that I was listening to that was just like, I really want to do that one. It was about, it was more for elite athletes and how like a career ending injury or how to transition from a career ending injury. And then part of me was like, Oh, like into just regular everyday life. Yeah. Okay. So, like, so career, that makes sense. Like transitioning from competition, but after having a, like an injury, just trying to transition into like 
real life or like real life after after sport how tough of a transition that can be because i think she did more elite athletes Mm -hmm. so not just collegiate athletes but professional and even like olympians i know you don't have to necessarily have a career ending injury to have that track like to have those struggles with that transition process. So I wanted to make it a little more broad and try to work on that transition process with collegiate athletes from competition to real life. Because yes, it's a lot of our dreams is to play professional, but I think it's less than 2% of college athletes do get to play professionally. So that's like 98% of like the 500,000 NCAA athletes that don't know what to do after mm-hmm. after college so that's a there's a huge need in that and it's connected with like occupational therapy we can work helping with those transitions how to adapt to like certain situations especially situations that like you know it's coming up or that happens all of a sudden like an injury and yeah we find ways to help all aspects of mental health mental physical social emotional and try to ease that transition for others and that's part of our scope of practice okay that makes sense it all is coming together making sense for me now (laughs) Um, so then tell us a little bit more about what you're actually going to be doing for your project yeah so i have a couple things that i'm that i'm doing so my first is i'm creating kind of like like kind of like learning experiences so i'm calling kind of like modules so like kind of like presentations about potential challenges athletes might have after college. I'm working on a physical health right now, but I was planning on also possibly doing like a career exploration and kind of like a leisure exploration. A lot of things I wish I knew how to do or like a lot of things that other athletes struggle with. It's like, what else am I going to find like outside of sport or like how am I going to get a job <laughs> or how am I how do I like apply what I learned in college to my job so part of it is creating those learning modules and another thing is I'm doing like evaluations for schools so we're calling them like audits but they're kind of like program evaluations how the on how the college is reaching out to their student athletes so I'm, it's I'm kind of doing like a holistic model so we're kind of looking at like kind of like the staffing and who assesses mental health. What resource do they have? Do the athletes feel welcome using these like mental health resources? A lot of like stakeholder feedback. So talking or surveying a lot of student athletes, alumni, faculty, coaches, and even like doing little interviews and focus groups on like, what can we do better? How can this school do better? And reaching out to students. That's the two biggest things in my project that I'm doing. I love it. I'm like, I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited to, my my idea with this whole podcast is we would have Tyler on now kind of while he's in the beginning phases. And then hopefully once it's all wrapped up, we'll have Tyler back and we'll actually get to talk more about what you were able to find and hopefully what can be implemented moving forward. So I think it's, it is really exciting that you're um, getting into this, and I think it's going to be useful. Hopefully, if people take it seriously, it can be yeah. really useful. And I think it's it's a need that 
we have as student athletes. Student athletes need more support. They need more resources. And it's getting better. Yeah. I guess. But it can, it has still, there's like a long, long, long way to go. I think, especially with the transition, because student athletes, yes, if we provide them resources and support while they're in school, great. But there is, we still need something for afterwards or like preparation and um, resources to go to post sport. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm very, very excited. What are you hoping to get out of it? Well, I just want to like shed more light on the topic. And there's a there's a lot of programs, I feel like, or maybe not a lot. There's a few programs that, so the NCAA has resources and they have, they have some programs, but it's, I've, it's not being implemented fully. There's like research articles on this program that, a lot of people like really like they did interviews and it's like, yeah, this is really helpful. But then talking to athletes from like that college, like, oh, I never knew this, this was here. Mm-hmm. So like, like what? We have the research. And, and I think that's like something with the NCAA is like, they know like the best practices. They, they know what resources help, but the implementation I think is the tough part. And I know what I'm say like my audit and my modules, it won't be perfect, but. I just want it to be a start and I know it's going to take a lot of like renewing, like changing a lot of things, but I want this to be a start of like for us putting more effort in this, in this topic. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will just, like you said, just open up a lot of people's minds and eyes to the lack thereof. Yeah. Hopefully. I remember, I think I was like looking at like the NCAA, like, their financial statements because they are a nonprofit, so they mm-hmm. they give out a lot of money to like colleges and stuff. But I think a lot of the a lot of the money d- does go to like scholarships, recruitment, and everything. But there's like for more than a billion dollar company, I think there's there's not many things that's going to like after, <laughs> like after you finish college. And I think there's like less than four million of that one point two one point three billion. Just goes like educational programs, and from doing the math, right? That's a very small percentage. Yeah, we just call it the NCAA. <laughs> I love it. So, what are some of the NCAA resources that are currently out there? So, there's one program that was created like in the UNC Greensboro. I remember called the Moving On Program that did that. I'm sort of applying a little bit of outline to one of my modules and that's just I think it's like mentioning potential challenges that like student athletes might face and a lot of it has to do with like a lot of group discussion um, with other athletes and a lot of it was like for physical health trying to find out like what else could I do for fun mm-hmm. how can I find a job and like like other like career stuff, things that I also want to do. Or my mentor from for this capstone project had a friend who did go to UNC Greensboro who just graduated, and she had no idea this program was a thing. And she was there for four years. Stuff like that, where like it needs to be implemented more. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing for it to be there, like great, it exists, awesome. Yeah. But then it needs to be. There needs to be that connection. At least making people aware. <laughs> yeah. 
at the very, very bare minimum, making people aware that this is available to you. Yeah. And I think it would it would really help more with Division One athletes just because of the level of competition mm-hmm. and everything. And and like we we call it like athletic identity. So the higher your athletic identity is, the harder it is to get out of the sport. Ooh. And for like division one athletes, other athletes who we know they can get into this sport professionally, that's the people who have the toughest transitions. So it'd be cool to go into the D one D one universities. What what D one universities are under UP, Portland State, yeah. U of O. Yeah, U of O, Oregon State. Have you reached out to any of them yet? I have not. I wanted to start at my college at Pacific first. Mm-hmm. I know it's a D3, but just kind of like a little test mm-hmm. first before it goes to a big school like that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I also think that no matter what level you're at, though, like, yes, there's differences in in the struggle, maybe. Like you said, levels. But I think we can all experience very similar things, whether you played NAIA, D3, D2, D1, professionally. There, this That's at least what I'm realizing with that, like, confidential and having conversations with people. I mean, people who didn't even play collegiate sports, like, they played in high school, and they can still f- have some of these, like, feelings of transitioning and not knowing who they are as a person, struggling with their identity, and not knowing what else they're interested in i think it's safe to say if you are playing collegiate sports you devoted at least half if not majority of your life to the sport yeah and it's tough just to like stop that like right after like at this after senior year like I've, i've done this my whole life and now it's gone it's like trying to it's like working at a job for 15 plus years and then you stop and you have to find something else to do Oh, 100%. That's a, a good way to put it. And it's, I would argue, it's even more than a job because a job, most jobs, you say you work nine to five, 40 hours a week. If you're a serious athlete, it is 24 seven. Yeah. It's not nine to five, 40 hours a week. It is all the time because even, let's say you're not training, you're not a sport, you're still thinking maybe about what food you're eating, your nutrition, you're thinking about sleep, how much sleep you get, can you get. You're thinking about social, socializing, like, can I actually go out with my friends tonight or do I need to rest or, you know, can I drink right now? I'm in season. Probably not. Like th- these kinds of things that's like, it's way more than a job. It's like integrated into every single aspect of your life. I think I even, yeah, I, I talked to a couple of my friends, like it's hard to take like family vacations because mm-hmm. like, oh, just like a few days not training sets you back <laughs> or like, let alone like almost a week so it was like almost tough almost going to those vacations when you have you're supposed to relax and enjoy time with your family but then you're just stressed out like i'm i can't like lose what i've trained for the past year yeah so wow that's so true and and the interesting is is like yes that's how your mind works but if you think about it realistically like taking three five days off isn't gonna really make that big of a difference yeah but I get what you're saying. Like, it feels like it's going to. Like, I've been on family vacations, friend vacations, where I'm still planning time to go for a run. If the hotel has a weight room, I'm in the weight room. Yeah. If I can somehow get a training session in with some random gym near wherever I'm staying at, I'm going. So that's 
that's actually interesting. I've never like talked about that with anyone or realized that, but that's so true. It like interferes with every part of your life. Yeah. And like for sports, we're like every like second matters. It's like each, yeah, each day matters too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cause when you get to a certain level, like everyone's good. Yeah. So it's like these incremental differences, especially at golf, like yeah. the incremental differences that are going to set you apart from your competition. If you are in charge of the resources for athletes to support them through transition or mental health, what would you provide them? So if I was like, if so, I don't know what the title would be, but you're just, you are in charge. That's your job. That is your entire job. Let's say you're in charge of, let's say you're in charge at um, University of Portland and you have the authority to say what resources, activities, events, athletes either need to attend or what's available to them and how it's going to be implemented, what would you do? So that's the tricky, that's the million dollar question, but it's also like the tricky question too. Because, you know, as an athlete, I know for me, like I didn't do things unless they were mandatory. Mm -hmm. And um, there are a lot of things that I didn't, that, I felt it could be helpful, but I didn't like fully focus on it. There's like a lot of things with the NCAA that like a lot of training stuff that we did, I remember. And I was like, okay, another thing that we have to do. So for this, like it's tough to find like this like in between where it's like not mandatory, but also just like highly encouraged. It's also like, this is big. Like this is a big need that we have to help them students with their transition and that's why i kind of wanted to create like these like online modules and stuff because i kind of want to make it like quick almost like tiktoks but not like that fast okay. <laughs> but like people it grabs like your attention for a short amount of time and i feel like those modules that we did it and stuff like they're just too long and i was getting tired and hungry and the, oh, i had homework to do mm-hmm. and so that's something that like I don't know. I'm still trying to find that balance. Something that I really thought would be helpful is group discussions. Talking with others about the transition out of college, about like physical health, getting a job, other things you're good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I'm, I still need to answer that. Like, I don't think I really answered that. Well, I'm going to ask you that when you come back. Okay. <laughs> Give <laughs> me half time. Yeah, you know, when you come that. back on and you, you've done the work and the research, and I'm going to pro- pose that question to you again and we'll see. Million dollar question. Yeah, we'll see how your answer changes. I think it's interesting that we also talked about this of how limited time athletes have also. Yeah. So then like adding something else onto their plate because you already have practice, games, weight room, conditioning, homework, class schedule, some have part-time jobs, internships. Yeah. And then you're still also trying to have a social life and sleep and eat. Like there's so many things that get packed into your day. Yeah. So many things that get packed into your day. So then adding another thing, which is this mental health thing is very important. But where does that fall on like a priority list for athletes? Yeah. It's very common. I I remember like watching YouTube videos. There's a lot of a lot of athletes that they chose majors. There's like there's a cert there's a certain there's certain majors that a lot of D1 athletes take, not mainly because they're interested in it, 
but because they know they can balance it better. Mm -hmm. They can balance athletics and academics better. I love my major, but I just wish I focused more on like what I wanted to do instead of just like, yeah, I, I had interest, but I just wish I focused more on what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm right there with you. I feel like I chose my major because it was just well, exercise and sports science. It just yeah. made sense for me. Like, oh, I'm an athlete. I know about the body and how it moves, and I can apply this to athletics. So, sure, like easy enough. I can. I'll do that. And thankfully, I've stayed like within the range of being around athletics, but definitely not from like a science performance perspective at all. I was like a business major, and then after like the first week, I was like, "Oh, this isn't that." <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for my major and and for OT when I'm in, and yeah, and and without ESS, I wouldn't be where I where I am today. Yeah, it definitely worked out for you. Yeah. I also think a lot of athletes will choose schools just based on their sport and don't think too much about their major or the area that they're in or you know other things going around going on around um that campus that they might be interested in because that was something i didn't really think too much about is i was mostly focused on where who's going to give me a scholarship yeah and where am i going to be successful as an athlete and that will those are my priorities and now thinking back to it yes i had and i had a great soccer like collegiate experience i'll say my academic experience was a little bit different i wish that I would have maybe thought about going to a school that had like a communications major available or a journalism major available. We didn't really have that Concordia. Um, yeah. I think I remember, I think it was the athletic director at our college that said something like athletics is like, say like the college is the house, but athletics is like the front porch. What your college is known for is from athletics. And that's what you see. But like academics is more like the core of the college and that's where you like go into. But from from an outside perspective, when you're choosing a college, that's what you see. Yeah. And I feel like that was a good analogy. That is a great analogy. I don't remember this. This was before my time. <laughs> yeah, I did focus in the NCAA meetings. Yeah. <laughs> I got some things. You got some things out of it. Oh, that's funny. Okay. Um, we're kind of wrapping up here. Do you have anything else you want to add? I have one more question, but before we get there, it's always my final, final thing. Yeah, I think just something I would say is enjoy playing your sport because you love the sport. I put too much pressure on myself. That's something I wish I would have told my younger self. And that's something that, like, I feel like a lot of people won't want admit it, but because I, I know I wouldn't have, but now looking back at it, it's something I would have told myself back in college. It's just like, just enjoy the ride. Just like play because you love the game, not to like impress people and not to, um, not because like you have to do, like you have to put your pressure, like you have to do well. Just enjoy it. <laughs> and that's what I wish I, that's what I wish I had. I like it. And you, you answered my final question, so that's great. Let me see if I can think of something else to wrap up with then, since you already gave your younger self advice. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything. 
I'm just excited for your project, honestly. Yeah, I'm excited too. It's going to be a good one. Um, I'm excited to have you back so we can talk more about it, see what you find, and share it. If there's like athletes listening to this that maybe want to get involved with the project, how can they contact you? Yeah, I would love to email you and get your perspective on how your transition was. You can email me at ICHI1803 at PacificU.edu or I guess I can mention my phone number or you want to put your phone number out there, your personal phone number. DM, <laughs> DM him on Instagram. Yeah, DM, DM, DM me on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> and then if the conversation goes well, then maybe he'll give you. <laughs> so, I already get enough spam calls. Yeah. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry if I don't answer you. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe just DM me. I'll put the his email and Instagram handle in the show notes. We will not be giving out any personal phone numbers. Sorry, guys. Um, I, I'm still new to this. Yeah, I'm not been... <laughs> It's okay. Not that like a whole bunch of people listen to my podcast, but just in case you get like the wrong person and then they're blowing up your phone. You don't want that. Um, cool. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for sharing a bit about your experience and being so open and for wanting to help other athletes I think it's so important we need more of that so yeah, thank you so much for having me i had a great time okay thanks Tyler. well you guys as always i hope you enjoyed today's episode thank you so much for tuning in if you don't already please go follow us on instagram at the athlete confidential and i look forward to speaking to you guys soon remember we are all humans first and athletes second see ya mm-hmm.